Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy with your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. You can reach him at all of his socials at Chef Bry Comedy, that's Chef B-R-Y Comedy, and at Surviving Empathy Podcast on Facebook. Today's episode is about the economy. I want to really get into the what kind of economy is this, who does it serve, and how do regular people that may not have a lot of money, may not have uh, you know the right career path, how do you find an advantage and how do you look at this economy and, and keep a good attitude when corporations and most companies out there are just looking to take advantage of you? So grab a snack, grab your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Well, hello again, ladies and gentlemen. I am Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy, and this today is going to be a little bit different than you're used to. Um, I am in a little bit of a mood uh, not a bad mood, not a good mood, more of like a, I'm feeling very, um, empowered, but, but, you know, I, you know, we, let me put it this way. Um, you know, I've lived the majority of my life, uh, trying to be a good person, trying to be a good student trying to be a good learner and teacher. Um, and, and now I'm, I'm approaching 50, 50, you guys. And I don't look 50, thankfully, and I don't feel 50 most of the time. But I, I do feel that uh, our culture has finally gone full tilt. Um, and what I mean is socioeconomically, what I mean is politically, uh, we in this country don't take care of people anymore. You know, my wife works as a cashier and a customer service, uh, uh, cashier and customer service rep, I guess, <laughs> agent, I don't know, uh, over at the grocery store here. And for the most part, she likes her job because they're good to her, um, you know, but there's, they have this, uh, you know, it's kind of like a 401k where they match every dollar of your earned income. Um, in this case, it's called ESOP. And, uh, there used to be a time where a grocery store employee with 18 years of service in could retire and literally collect a million dollars or more. Those days are gone, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and yeah, and today, you know, I, I broke my one rule as, as they, as, as, as the Joker said, you're going to have to break your one rule. Uh, I broke my one rule and that is my rule is to not start a uh, Facebook page for my podcast, (laughs) but I did, I did it because I got to get my word out any way I can. And the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, that if you help me out, I will help you guys. Because I'm the kind of person that if I had a million dollars, I would give money to the poor. I would literally drive to your house and help you mow your lawn or do your dishes or babysit, whatever. Because honestly, guys, I'm not just saying that. We are lacking not just empathy in this country. We are lacking uh, truth truthfulness because there's a lot of people out there claiming to be good people and while i don't think they're bad people 
I think, I don't think Joe Rogan would help anyone. And I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think he would hurt anyone. Um, but there's a massive distinction between loving your brothers and sisters and neighbors and um, simply just ignoring it. When you got yours, you don't have to worry about everybody else. You know, and what really set me off is, um, you know, you guys probably don't know this, but um, because of my fibromyalgia, uh, I've been forced into early retirement as a chef. I had to change uh, careers and um, I had to move in with my mother. Well, we moved in together. It's not like I moved in with her. We moved in with each other for her to help me and for her, for me to help her. And my aunt's here as well. And she helps with her uh, little bit of uh, social security that she gets. <clears throat> and uh, you know what? I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not. You know, I, I don't like to make it uh, front and center. But we help each other. We've been here for six years together. And uh, we do it because it helps us have a better standard of life. You know, um, we pay a fairly cheap amount of rent, but we help out in other ways. We help out with the electric bill. We help out with food. We help out by cooking. We help out by upkeep of this house. And, uh, you know, if my mom ever died, God forbid, uh, this place would be mine. And I don't want her to die because I... That's not how I want to acquire a house. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm in one of those moods where today, uh, today's topic is uh, the economy. It's the economy, stupid, as they say. Uh, it's about the economy. It's about uh, a living wage. It's about how we treat each other in the society, how employers treat you. Um, yeah, I was just got, I got really upset when um, uh, Rebecca was telling me about uh, this, this lady, she's about my mom's age. She's about my mom's health too. You know, my mom has fibromyalgia too. That's probably how I got it. Um, but she, you know, she's, she's 70 and she works as a cashier over at the grocery store and she doesn't really do a very good job. My wife says, because you know, she's hurting and she's new and she's learning um, and she's really slow and everybody's trying to be patient with her, but she's at that point where everybody's like, mm, we can't ignore this forever. And I'm afraid she's going to lose her job. And then what's going to happen to her? You know, cause I'll bet you she, you know, I don't know her situation from Adam, I, I, but I, you know, I know the pulse of this country. You guys, most people are one paycheck away from total shitsville. And, uh, that bothers me. I don't know if it bothers you, but it bothers me. As an empath, I can't ignore it, man. Um, I block and filter and block and filter and block and filter all day, every day. But today, you know, you can't always block everything out. I wake up every day with some form of sadness or anxiety or just, uh, you know, infinite sadness, infinite melancholy over the state of things in this country. You know, and then you have, uh, sorry to pick on you guys, but Fox News, you know, Fox News represents the wealthy. Fox News represents the employer. They don't, they don't give a fuck about the little man 
And so, of course, they say, we're having a skilled labor shortage in this country. Thanks, Tucker Carlson of the Swanson fortune. Uh, no, we have an incentive problem in this country, you guys. Nobody wants to work anymore because nobody wants to be exploited anymore. There used to be a time where if you put in your time at a company, they'd pay you back. Even at my, at my wife's work, they would pay you back. Maybe not, you know, in terms of uh, making you rich, but, you know, Aesop, you could retire and have hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in your bank account to rely on in your elderly years so that when you're too old to add one and one in your head, when you're too old to bend over and pick up a spoon, you don't have to go out there and work and not just work slave you're slaving out there and while i am no listen you guys i don't you guys don't know me well yet but you're gonna get to know me i'm sure i'm not going anywhere you will literally have to shoot me to get rid of me um but i am i am for the people it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal or neither i am for poor people I'm for uh, the, 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 the girls with infinite sadness in their hearts because they have to get up every day and go to work to a job that they hate. I'm for the, all the girls that feel ugly inside. I'm for, you know, everybody and anybody who feels exploited, and shit on and ignored, people making fun of you because maybe you don't look perfect. Maybe you're a little bit chubby. I don't care. I like you just the way you are. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I really woke up in an attitude today, man. And that's the thing. Like, I know you guys on my previous podcast, I said, you know, you're, you don't know the extent of what's going on on it in a, in a person's heart. You just don't. And there is good in my heart. And the reason why I want to be a comedian is because I want to tell it like it is. And the reason why I want to do this podcast is because I'm a humanitarian and I don't care about your politics. I, I will pick on liberals and conservatives. I will pick on Fox News. I will also pick on MSNBC if and when they deserve it. Right now, the wealthy in this country are trying to reclaim their empire. Beware, ladies and gentlemen. They can do it. They will do it. You know, there is a shortage of labor in this country. And the cost of living is slowly going up on little things. I don't know if you guys have read any articles recently, but um, goods and services are going up. The cost of wood, uh, the cost of men's clothing, the cost of women's clothing, the cost of um, just everyday things. Chipotle, their food is going up 3% in order to pay their workers a better wage. I'm all for that. And so that's the thing you have to realize. So long as they're changing the economy to accommodate the worker and the working class, I'm willing to pay $10.40 for a burrito instead of $10. I mean, wouldn't you? Anybody that wouldn't is a fucking asshole, period, regardless of your politics. Let me take a sip, you guys. 
I'm trying not to go into rant territory. I'm trying. <laughs> mm. Um, I'll tell you why I want to be famous. I've worked my ass off for over 25 years. You guys, I worked uh, first. I worked at McDonald's when I was 16. Before that, I worked as a paper boy. I did a paper route. And then when my friend um, didn't like getting up early, I did his paper route for a time. And uh, he's a DJ now. <laughs> he works for a radio station, conservative radio. And uh, I really like him. I don't care that he's conservative. And that's the thing, you guys. It's not about your politics. It's about what's in your heart and soul. And if you have a good reason for being conservative, then more power to you. Uh, I'm progressive. And I care about the little guy, regardless of what you look like, regardless of your sex or age. Um, if I get famous <laughs> and I get wealthy and I get powerful, if I end up with John Stewart money, I am changing this country. <laughs> I'm going to knock some heads, boy. Uh, because, yeah, you guys, as an empath, oh. Nobody should have to cry as much as I do over perfect strangers. And don't feel sorry for me. I, I have it rough sometimes. I do. I do. But I try to turn my, um, my passion and my uh, frustration and my uh, anger into something productive. Because if you just sit around angry and frustrated all the time, you don't, convert that into something positive it'll just linger on you it'll just hang you and it'll just weigh you down your whole life you're like a balloon with a lead ball attached to the end and so my my advice is to process your anger and frustration your hatred your fear your repulsions your angst turn it into something good find a purpose in this life and make a difference in someone's life. That's what I'm trying to do. Not just for myself. I mean, yeah, I rely on you guys. You guys can help me. You can propel me by following my social media. By the way, I have a brand new social media. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I am on Facebook now at Surviving Empathy Podcast. At Surviving Empathy Podcast. Look for uh, Chef Bride Comedy slash surviving empathy podcast but yeah you'll find me there i want to be famous because i want to be on tv and i want to tell it like it is you know george carlin was one of those types of people tell it like it is and if it pisses people off so what you know and as an empath i want to be everybody's friend i sincerely do but you'll find out young guys and girls when you get to be 47 and a veteran and a veteran chef and a veteran at every bad job known to man. Um, not that I know everything. I still, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm humble. Uh, but you will learn, ladies and gentlemen, that this world is much, much, much harder than you even thought it was. And when you have seen yourself, you know, like when I was 16, and I worked at McDonald's. Um, I knew a guy. He was, oh, I don't know. He looked like he was 80. 
and he smoked a lot of cigarettes and he had no teeth. He looked homeless, frankly. And uh, I was his trainer. I was 16. I trained this guy on grill and uh, he, he lasted a while. He was a good worker, good man. And after a while, I stopped seeing that toothless man and I started seeing the, the human being inside and it really made me feel good. And I think that's what uh, the workforce is all about is when you get rid of that feeling of, of angst and that feeling of selfish pride and that feeling of I got to do this and I feel sorry for myself. Once you become friends with people and you start finding a, a, a deeper meaning that's powerful, man. And that friendship, that's like uh, my friend. I just found out, you know, I told you on a previous podcast that he'd moved away. I I had a couple friends and one moved away. Um, He's coming back. He's moving back here. He moved out to Iowa. Hello, Evan. Yes. I love you, sir. Um, He's moving back and he got his old job back. He and his wife both got their old jobs back working at this. uh, It's a uh, farm home uh, where they help uh, troubled youth. And man, that is so great. And the thing is, like, he's conservative, but, you know, he pretends I'm not liberal and I pretend he's not conservative and we get along fantastically. My best friend, the one in radio, the one that got me into radio is a Trump supporter, ardent Trump supporter. And uh, I don't care because he's a good man. This this person, this Trump supporter, this quote unquote mean man who, who... the fuck your feelings crowd has helped me move every single time I've asked him ever since I was 16 years old to now. I mean, one time I, I went out to uh, Salt Lake City and I lived out there for a year and I worked as a chef. And when I was ready to come back home with my girlfriend and my family, um, my my mom and my grandfather and uh, moved out there too. Uh, about, I don't know, six months later after we did. Oh, no, no, we, we moved at the same time. I'm sorry. Uh, they were just a few days following behind us. Um, but when, when, when I worked as a chef and I needed, you know, help getting back and I needed someone to help drive the truck, we flew him out and he drove all the way from Utah back to California. And so this is a Trump supporter. You know, so before you think you have everyone figured out, realize there's always exceptions to the rules, you guys. And uh, so that's why I, I don't like getting into politics because we, we, we have this tendency to generalize. So anyway, going back to what my main premise is, uh, this economy, we, we currently live in what I call and what I consider an exploitation economy. Okay. Now, ooh, wow. I'm a real brainiac, right? Um, I'm not an economist, so it's just taken me a long time to figure things out from my perspective because you can listen to Paul Krugman and you can listen to, um, what's that other guy? Robert Reich. Um, yeah, Robert Reich. Uh, great man, by the way. Uh, you can listen to these economists and they're always going to be right. Um, and Robert Reich especially, but, but the, they've probably never been as poor as me before. <laughs> And, um, and I can tell you that there's good and bad to this economy. We are what I call, um, there, there is, um, something inherently off about our system right now where 
a small amount of wealth is concentrated and it forces everybody else to uh, have to go out and get a job. And the problem is, is that if there's not enough jobs to go around, you have to compete with each other and you have to kind of backstab each other and you have to, you know, pretend to be better than each other and you have to, you know, get more schooling. It's just this rat race, you know, where you're just looking for the edge to become better than your friends and colleagues so that you can get the job so that you can put a roof over your head. And, you know, um, I'm not against that in and of itself. I mean, I don't want to sit here and act like it's like, yeah, that's the way it is, Brian. What, what, what are you so hurt about? Well, what I'm hurt about is not that it exists. It's that it's, it's getting so bad. I mean, my mother, uh, she was a banker. <clears throat> we were just talking a few minutes ago and she was a banker and she retired, uh, in 2008, yeah, 2008, and she was a everything from a bank um, teller all the way up to uh, the manager of a bank. And uh, my mom's a great lady, and uh, we just have generational differences. We have, you know, personality differences, and <clears throat> I get real passionate about things. And my mom, like, what's up your butt? You know, she's just, you know, she's. She's she wants stability. She wants, you know, order. She wants, you know, routine, you know, because when you're older, that's what you want. And I don't blame her for that. Um, but she um, she she retired, you know, a long time ago, 2008 to now. That's what? Ten. That's like 12 years ago, 13 years ago. That was before uh, Rebecca and I married. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, she has an understanding of of what's going on, but I don't think she quite understands to, to how, to what extent, you know, and my point is, is that, um, things were bad way back then too. I mean, my grandfather, uh, he, when he was living in Los Angeles, he worked for a, an appliance, uh, company, uh, for 22 years. And at 22 years, when they would, wouldn't give him a raise anymore, he capped out long ago, um, he couldn't save for retirement because he wasn't making enough to quite retire. And they knew that. And, and so, you know, they, they weren't giving him any way to, you know, get better, to retire, to do something. And when you're stagnating like that, um, he said, you know what? Fuck you guys. Bye. And he drove him and the whole family. Uh, I wasn't, was I born yet? Yeah, I was born. Uh, I was like four years old at the time. And he moved up to San Luis Obispo from Los Angeles and he started Mr. Vic's appliance repair. And he did great. He worked there for, gee, since, I don't know, since, since I started kindergarten in 1979. And, um, yeah, he, he was just a good man, good man. And, and the point I'm making is that he worked. And, and he was able to make a living and buy three houses in his, in, in his time back in the day. Um, you could do that as an appliance repairman. You could, he's bought, purchased three different houses, purchased and sold three separate houses in his lifetime. And, uh, when my grandmother died, it took him, uh, three years to, um, finally, uh, sell his place and come back down with us. <clears throat> and, uh, we, we couldn't help him. We couldn't get up there. We were working. We were all too busy. And so finally he came to live with my mom and I was glad for that. Um, but he, he, 
he was seeing me in a time in my life where I was just starting off as a chef and everything was just, you know, wages were low, work was plenty, and uh, I was paying my dues, boy, working 50, 60 hours a week sometimes. And uh, some play, some jobs worked out right away where you stayed there for a while. Other jobs, you were there a day or two or three, maybe a week or two or three, and just like, fuck this. You know, being a chef is as rough as it comes, you know. And so when I say, you know, that I was a soldier and an EMT, I should also add that I was a chef. And so do I have inner toughness? I would like to think so, you know. And it's probably why, though, I have a pain condition because your body, it just, it's your your bioelasticity just doesn't snap back after a while and so things your body starts going haywire you know and it's probably there's probably a genetic precursor there <clears throat> and uh but anyway the point is is that the economy as it was way back when my grandfather was dealing with it is still the same economy except worse and so what my grandfather dealt with was bad what my mother dealt with was worse and what we're dealing with currently is absolutely fucking unusual. And so if you're, it doesn't take an empath to see and wake up to the fact that uh, things are just fucking weird now. And so you, you can do one of two things. You can cry in your beer and keep going to your job, or you can figure out what to do about it. Right. And so, um, I'm not, you know, and, and I, I feel like I have to preface, I think I've made this obvious, but I, I want to preface the fact that I'm for the worker. I don't care about your politics. I don't care about your religion. I don't care about your race or your gender or your age. I am pro worker, 100%, pro union, 100%. Um, and so it's, it, but if I sound like, you know, like, oh, he doesn't like, uh, you know, employers or something. Well, that's not true. I have no issue with employers so long as they're taking good care of people. And, you know, the one good thing I will say about Rebecca working at the grocery store is at least her bosses treat her fairly. Um, she has a small niche of friends. And uh, now that she's been there a while, she's she's making okay money, you know. But my wife also has um, chronic migraines, and she's a year older than me, so she's 48, going on 50, and um, we can't save for retirement. And her ESOP, I mean, she's she's doing better now than she was at the doctor's office when she was a medical assistant for 18 years. But think about it. She's worked 18 years in a medical office, and now five years going on six at the grocery store, and that's going into what? 18, 19, 20, 20 23 years right there. I mean, and, you know, I, I've been working most of my life as well. I mean, I've been working up until, you know, my last job was last summer. I was working for a barbecue place, cooking uh, outdoor uh, events, you know. And so I'm not doing this to try to get out of work. I'm doing this because somebody's got to say it, man. Somebody has got to say that, that this country is not all right. Okay, there's the the kids are not all right, as they as the song goes, you know, um, I just want to fix things. I, I, I don't care that, you know, Costco and, uh, you know, K 
Kmart, well, I guess Kmart's a bad example. Target, I, I don't care if Walmart and all those places are getting rich. Just so long as they're being fair to their workers and that they're getting a, a living wage as well. And so $15 minimum uh, wage, you know, right now, um, I have to say, you know, with the onslaught, you know, Fox News and uh, all the media talking about uh, the skilled labor shortage, um, there's a lot of places right now that are like, uh, like I heard this example yesterday on the news um, where an ice cream parlor advertised uh, for minimum wage jobs and they got zero replies. They raised it just as a social experiment to $15 an hour and they got over a thousand applicants. So imagine that, you know, and it's not, I don't think it's because people want money for nothing. I mean, you hear the old argument, you know, from the conservative right, like, um, well, you know, they just don't want to work. No, that's not always it. You know, some people just don't want to be exploited. And at my age, you know, my, my last real job, I was, you know, aside from the, uh, half a dozen jobs that I tried and attempted, uh, bef- since then, but was, was working at Lowe's. And I tried drinking the Kool-Aid and I tried behaving myself and I tried dressing the part and I tried acting, you know, legit and everything. And, and I still didn't succeed. Why? Because there's always a bigger kiss ass up there. There's always somebody else that's going to sabotage your, your reputation for, for their benefit. And I, I'm sorry to say that because I'm a humanitarian. I don't believe people are bad. I, I don't think so. But, but when push comes to shove, and it's your job or my job or your happiness or my happiness. Human beings will throw each other under the bus for their own survival. End of story. And it's not, doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make them evil. It just means that human beings have to survive. And so it's created a lot of undue pressure to compete with each other. It's, it's created a lot of um, just instinct, survival instinct to hurt one another um, to protect e- ourselves from each other in this society. And so I'm coming at you today as a person who is tough, who does care, uh, but, but we all have to wake up to the reality because, you know, half the country is watching Fox News right now, you guys. And I, I'm not against that, but Fox News has their own agenda. They're the, Rupert Murdoch is a multi-billionaire, and Rupert Murdoch has an agenda, along with the Koch brothers and all these other wealthy people. And their agenda is to make sure that wealthy people pay as little taxes as possible, and that working people pay as little as possible so it doesn't affect their bottom line, which is their profits. And so... What we have to do is try to get through the left versus right politics of it all and try to arrive at a place where it's not the left versus the right. It's the haves versus the have-nots. And that's not to say that everybody who watches Fox News is a have. It just means that they don't realize the agenda there. They don't understand. I mean, even MSNBC is owned by uh, what GE. So they have an agenda too. They have a bottom line. The difference is, is that MSNBC, they're selling 
you know, the Democratic Party as their answer solutions. And Fox News is selling the Republican Party as their solutions. And somewhere the truth exists, somewhere in the middle, you know. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I get so emotional and I get so bent out of shape that I've, I feel like I've lost friends over the last five years. I feel like the cheese has slid off my cracker 427 times. Um, but you know what? No, man. You know, is this, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to bring it up again. I'm like a Chris Cornell song. Is this the, um, what's this? How's it go? Uh, is this the, uh, <laughs> I want to get it right. Hold on. Um, is this the uh, cure or is this the, is this the poison or is this the, is this the cure or is this the disease? Anyway, I can't remember. I'll I'll give it to you next time. But the point is, is that sometimes we can't tell the difference between a normal functioning society and a deeply functional, dysfunctional attempt at subverting democracy. Okay. And so we, we need to start thinking about solutions. We can't just bitch about it, right? Um, we have to think about real solutions, nonpartisan or bipartisan solutions that are going to affect legislation, that are going to affect our in- infrastructure in a positive way. And the first thing I think, you know, oh, and, and, and I have to preface this with, um, what I like about this economy is that it, it, it forces people to rethink what they want to do with their life. If you don't want to go work out there at a company, um, or maybe you can just do it part-time, it gives you that part-time status to do your own thing. And I call that a gig economy, G-I-G. It's a gig economy in the sense that you could become, you know, you could start a shop on Etsy, you could become a comedian, you could go work, you know, catering, but you don't have careerism anymore. You have jobs. And, and very rarely do these jobs turn into anything real or substantive or long-term, you know, unless you simply make a, you know, part-time job your, your forever job, you know, and that's okay if you're, if you like it and you're getting paid enough. Um, but we live in a society now where we have to start thinking about real solutions. And so for me, I would like to see these wealthy corporations, you know, like, hey, we're Google and or we're, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're JPL or we're, you know, one of these big companies and we're in the robotics industry and we're going to pay for your training. It takes one year. Uh, we'll pay for it. Room and board. You come here, you live here on our campus and we'll put you through it. And uh, you owe us three to five years of your life as an employee. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Tell me who wouldn't do that? Getting your schooling paid for by a trade school that's hosted by Google or hosted by JPL and or, or you know, it could be any company. It could be Bose. It could be uh, uh, the guys that make the airplanes. What's uh, Boeing? You know, it could be any company. And you and you just. Because I think the thing is, is that they're trying to make it so unfair that we just are too stupid and too, uh, 
little and harmless to do anything to to hurt them, right? And if we just keep them in the dark and feed them nothing but shit like a mushroom, well, they won't they won't cause any problems and they're not smart enough to figure it out and the economy can just be rigged forevermore in the in the favor of the rich and the rich don't have to pay taxes ever again and people will just work 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 until they either die of old age or you know just you know go away into the ether or whatever you know they don't care and so the thing of it is is that this is a nonpartisan issue that requires nonpartisan solutions and so i believe something like that would really work well you know, where you have these um, sponsorship programs for big companies, you know, uh, Andrew uh, Yang, uh, the the presidential uh, candidate, uh, he talked about uh, robotics and automation that's going to be taking over all the um, jobs that that are usually done by humans right now. Um, we're going to have self-driving vehicles in the next 20 years, maybe. Um, but robotics and automation is going to take out a lot of the jobs, but it's going to create a lot of jobs as, as well. Just as, just like, you know, when you're talking to your conservative friends about the Green New Deal and how they say it's so bad, it's not bad. Getting rid of, you know, 2,500 mining jobs for 5,600 green jobs is not a bad thing. It's just that when we do it, we have to make sure that the transition is slow enough to take care of those that are being left behind. So all the miners and not mina, mina. Anybody get that? So that's the Galaxy Quest, not mina, mina. Uh, Alan Rickman. Anyway, but but yeah, you 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 transition this the mining jobs and all the cold technologies into a slow and steady progress of about 25 years, an entire generation until you just start lowering and lowering and lowering those jobs. But in the meantime, you're building new jobs and you're giving those people first access to the good new jobs. And so if they're not smart enough or if they just can't cut the mustard, Give them another path, you know, if they if they just are getting too old and they're just an old miner and they they can't, you know, learn uh, how to be a uh, windmill uh, tech operator or something like that. uh, Give these people incentives, give them give them options, you know, and then, yeah, they're everybody's taken care of. And so that's the thing, like, you know, you guys, we have to get rid of uh uh, carbon emissions. We just have to. We have to get rid of gas guzzlers. And as much as I love cars, and you guys know I love cars, I already talked about my the, my dream of having a Dodge Charter Charger. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we we have to start creating real solutions. And who's going to do it? Poor people? No. It's it's got to be rich people. So we got to find you know ways of of educating, um, just like. In politics, where a lot of the Republican Party are trying to use the big lie to say that there's rampant voter fraud, and they're using that big lie that Trump won the election, which we all know is false, and they're using that to create new legislation to rig the system out of your favor. And you may not care about that if you're already a Republican, but you should. Because imagine if if Obama was doing that. Imagine if the left was doing that. 
You'd be livid. And it's so transparent. And that, and that's the one thing I will say uh, is that the Republican Party used to hide their, their uh, greed and their corruption. And now they don't. They telegraph it, just like Trump. And, and I'm not saying Republicans voters are bad. I'm just saying that your platform requires cleaning, cleansing. We need to cleanse this, the body politics on both sides, being equal of corruption. You know, if, 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 um, if you're going to make Anthony Weiner and, uh, you're going to make, uh, Al Franken resign their jobs, but not the Alabama boy who, you know, is trolling malls for girls. Come on. That's a double standard. So I just want everything to be fair on both sides, both sides of the aisle and, and for the haves and the have nots. And if we create a system where instead of rich people keeping us in the dark and, 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 and making things so complicated that most people just bow out, we need to like bring people up. Pull them up. Pull them up and into the light where they have a say in their own life. They have a say in, in our economy. And the reason why most people, especially people under 30, give up is because it's too hard. It's too hard to keep up with. They have to learn this. They have to learn that. They have to watch politics every day. It's boring. It's grueling. It's divisive. I get it. I get why younger people don't want to be involved in our, in our political process. Um, and, and a lot of people don't want to get involved because of the divisiveness. And that's like me. Just because I have a huge problem with the Republican Party in its current configuration doesn't mean that I take that out on my friend Craig or on my friend Evan. I just, I think conservatism needs to, to, to get rid of the bad players and Trumpism needs to die out, and we need a new party of real conservative principles. And on the left, we need it to go a little bit further. We can't, you know, Joe Manchin has has killed our political process where one conservative Democrat is holding up all legislation for a better society. Come on. What's the deal? And so our... Um, our socioeconomics is very fragile. Human beings are very fragile. And um, we need answers. And the, you cannot change the society by, by being apathetic. And I wish it were true because I understand why people don't want to participate. But the way we won this election is by getting souls to the polls out, voting, Brown people, black people, gay people, trans people, young people. That's the why the Republican Party are shitting in their drawers right now, because they know that in the next 50 years, they will not win one single election unless they rig the system in their favor. And they will tell you every lie and every excuse that that's not the case. They will try to scare you with the social issues. That's what Fox News is there for. That's what Newsmax is all about, is to scare people about the social issues, clinging to their guns, clinging to their Bibles, 
cling to their <laughs> women's uteruses. <laughs> Human beings, you guys, we're not that different. And I care so much. And so I want you guys to help me because I can't do anything except for with my voice. And with a little bit more money, I can move out of my mama house (laughs) and I can get on stage and I can start getting political and active and I can start helping empaths and women and trans folks. And so I don't want to get wealthy. I want to get free. And that's the, that's the incentive for this. This, this whole podcast is my way of getting my voice out there so that I start building a crowd, a tribe of little warriors of empaths and good, decent, hardworking people, the disenfranchised, the exploited, wage slaves. And that's not to say that every job is bad. It's just that a lot of it is getting a little bit too much. And so I want to thank you guys uh, for listening. And uh, I'm sorry if this is a little uh, a little in your face today. I, I, but I want you guys to understand. Some days I'm going to be super happy and silly like my last podcast where we're goofing and laughing. And this one's more serious. And uh, if I can get you guys to think or cry or laugh, just to to get you feeling like you're really a citizen that you're really that you're invested in this i want to get people excited to be alive again and you can't be excited about life living on the sidelines or too poor to matter or or at a job that you could never leave or never be, being able to buy a house you know or com- always having to live at your mama house no man we have We have got to get this country right in the head again, morally, ethically, financially, and socially. And so I want Fox News to do well. I just want want them to stop lying. And I want conservative people to do well. And if you believe in the First Amendment, fine. I do too. I was an ammunition specialist in the Army. But the reason why I'm so liberal today is because it takes a little bit of war to understand the necessity of peace. I want you to think about that. And I want to thank you guys for being a supporter, for being a friend. We're going to keep this going for as long as it takes. Join my tribe, please. This is a judgment-free zone. I know occasionally I get a little tough on people, but believe me, it's all for the right reasons. And I want to thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I will be back twice a week, sometimes three times. You can visit me at all of my social medias. That's Chef Bride Comedy. And with uh, Facebook, it's at Surviving Empathy. Just, you know, just go in the search column and type in either Chef Bride Comedy or or, uh, Surviving Empathy. You'll find me. You'll find me. I'm that, I'm that bearded guy with the glasses. But uh, listen, I, I sincerely love you guys. And I want to shout out to uh, some of my new followers. I've noticed uh, I'm getting followers all the way in France, Germany. 
I even got one in uh, Riyadh. So all you guys that aren't in America, thank you so very much. Thank you for listening. I promise I'm trying to make the country a better place so we can make the world a better place. We need people to come together. We've got to snuff out hate. And we've got to create a system that works for real people. We've got to get rich people to stop being so stingy. Just pay their fair share of taxes. Just pay a living wage. That's all. That is all. Anyway, I'll be back one more time this week, at least, maybe twice. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys so very much. Uh, Just the onslaught of love and kindness coming from you guys has been enough to make me well up with tears. I want to thank you so very much for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you. Thank you.